Join Greenbook at the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange Conference Series. IIEX is your global hub for connections, inspiration, and innovative solutions in market research. Visit greenbook.org events to learn more about events in Asia, the Americas, and Europe. Use the code PODCAST for 20% off general admission on all upcoming events. Hello, everybody. It's Lenny Murphy with another edition of the Green Book Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. And uh, this is going to be a fun one in a variety of ways, and you'll understand that in just a minute. But normally, I don't give much of a lead in, but I'm going to on this one. So we're going to be exploring why human behavioral research is going to play a central role in every organization's success and at every level. And you know, the general thinking is that over the next 10 to 20 years, promises to see amazing expansion of human behavioral research at all stages and in all facets of an organization. Technological advances will make it easier, faster, and more cost-effective to understand what's driving human behavior and decision-making, of which we know more than 95% occurs below conscious awareness. It's going to help organizations make better, faster, more informed decisions with everything from concepting and R&D to audience research and marketing. And my guests, plural, today are the folks that are playing a huge role in making that happen. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves. We've got a bit of a super group here today. So ladies first, Dr. Rana Alkalubi. Rana, welcome. Hi, Lenny. Nice to see you again. Hi, everybody. I'm Rana Alkalubi, Deputy CEO at SmartEye and former CEO of Affectiva and, and founder of Affectiva. Excited to be here. And welcome. It is great to see you too. Rana and I were just catching up on uh the first IAX in Philadelphia, we hung out and how incredibly cool and impressive you were and still are, but we'll get to all that. All right, next, Peter Hartsbeck. Peter. Yeah, hi, Lenny, man. Great to be back again. So uh, yeah, I'm calling in here from Denmark. As you say, um, I'm the founder and CEO of iMotions. I should have been uh, doing behavioral research uh, and software for that for around 17 years. So yeah, I'm happy to be here today. It's going to be exciting. But good to have you back. And then last but certainly not least, Martin Krantz. Martin, welcome. Thanks, Lenny. Yeah, I'm Martin Krantz. I'm the founder and CEO of SmartEye. SmartEye started 23 years ago doing research-grade eye tracking that led us into doing eye tracking, also called driver monitoring in, in automotive, which is now starting to becoming standard and getting into almost every car. It's been a great journey for that. Now, there's a story here of why I describe you guys as a super group, because, uh, Martin, I think that you became the, the center point or the foundation for acquiring several companies all here and building this next generation behemoth that, to, to my knowledge, would probably be the largest of any of the applied behavioral science technology platforms, certainly in the market research industry, possibly in the world. You want to tell us a little bit of that background? Everybody else can kind of chime in with their origin stories on that as well. Absolutely, yes. So the thing that struck me many years ago was that the industry for measuring things started to get more and more mature and and some companies emerged as as leaders and, and were sort of the focal point for, for those 
instances where you, you measure things, you can have different types of laser measuring systems or whatever, and measure buildings or infrastructure or whatever. But I would say that we are maybe the first company where you have taken that concept and, and applied it into measuring on humans instead. And we each, uh, each one of us have their own speciality, how to be able to measure human and human behavior. And just like you said, it's, it's something that's coming in a big way. So, uh, yeah, Peter and Ron, maybe you would like to chime in about how you... I'd love to chime in. So, so Lenny, it's very unusual for me to find founders who share the exact same vision of the future the way I see it. And that was certainly true for Martin and, and true for Peter. We've been working with iMotions for many, many years, even before this trinity came together. And when I first met Martin a couple of years ago, we both realized we were on this mission bridge the gap between humans and machines, right? And, and in doing so, we're not just going to improve human-machine interactions, we're actually going to improve human-to-human -human understanding and human-to-human -human communication. And, you know, that's really powerful. And, and it's amazing that the three companies are able to come together to um, bring this technology to the automotive industry, which is a big focus of ours, but beyond too. There's a lot of, obviously, applications across many industries as well. Peter, you want to chime in? Give your take. Yeah, no, I think it's it's definitely uh, really exciting, right? So, so uh, seen from iMotion's perspective, we had been working um, and are working in a lot of different verticals, but it was hard to kind of see how we could find a scalable one, uh, one that was already in the not in the thousands of units, but in the millions of units, right? So, in that respect, it was really exciting to begin to work more with the automotive sector that both Rana and Martin has has been focused on for a lot of years, right? So that was really exciting. And then, you know, we have hopefully the more horizontal approach where we, for example, in healthcare and a lot of other industries are already doing a lot of stuff. So I think that's going to be super exciting how we as, as the group where we both produce eye trackers and have facial express analysis, all the core technologies, we kind of can, you know, find the right path through each of these verticals uh, in the future, which is really exciting, I think. It is. And, you know, I think for our audience, a little bit of background here, right? Uh, from my perspective, at least, I bucket all of these as non-conscious measurement, right? In my own head, that's just how I describe that. And there's a, an array of technologies, as you've talked about, that you bring together that can do that. And as the industry, within the insights industry, we've always known that it provides value, but there is a huge issue of scale. It was just, quite frankly, a pain in the ass to do a lot of these things. Technology didn't support it, right? Back in the old days of... Uh, trying to do EEG measurement and you know they're just it just wasn't practical to do those things and there were lots of you know the history of the research industry is littered with you know failed companies that you know tried took a run at this and just couldn't pull it off until until we saw the application of technologies that your companies were all engineering you know facial coding eye tracking etc cetera, etc cetera, coupled with the advent of bandwidth with mobile and as well as the ubiquity of cameras across the board. And it seems like that opened the window now for true scalability and, and innovation and application. But what's interesting is that all three of you, so far, none of you have talked about market research. You've all talked about you know automotive and healthcare and other categories where the same thing I would argue would apply. There are still issues of scale, but those companies, those those uh, industries 
have jumped on and have found the opportunities like, wait, this makes a real difference and are really driving the experimentation where the insight space now doesn't really have an excuse not to incorporate these tools, but has still been slower to do that. And I'd love to get your take on maybe why that is, why, why you're seeing uptake in other categories, even though your roots originally, to some extent, were in the insight space. Um, I think, Ronit, you raised your hand first, so we'll, then we'll go around. Yeah, Lenny, as you know, actually, our the first product we brought to market at Affectiva is our media analytics um, product, where it is a very scalable solution. We're able to understand people's reactions to contents, video advertising, TV shows, TV series, movie trailers. And we can do that on your phone or on your device uh, remotely at scale. And today we service 28% of the Fortune Global 500 companies through this uh, technology. And we're in 90 countries around the world collecting tons and tons of data. I believe we're almost at 13 million video responses to date. So it's, it's, you're right. It is definitely a huge market. I actually think it's, uh, there's a lot of potential for growth in this space. We haven't even kind of scratched the surface. There's a lot of our focus is on quantitative research, but qual is, a, is, is the next space we're taking on. All right. You heard it here first and totally agreed. <laughs> Peter, uh, you wanted to chime in too. Yeah, so to build on this, Rana saying, I totally agree. I mean, and, and so some of this is also uh, when was the market ready for, for online solutions, I think, because, you know, everybody's using surveys, Qualtrics, and so on. And those companies have scaled, right, for the more conscious measurements. But I think what, what really made a huge difference, uh, at least uh, for us, was here in Corona, where nobody could go into the labs, right? Because that is where you get the highest quality results, but obviously, you also know it's a big investment and, and also takes time to do the studies, which is fine. But a lot of these uh, studies need a much faster turnaround time. So really, what happened there was that we, we built a very, um, actually, really solid eye tracking technology that can be done based on webcam. And then combined with the Fictiva facial expression analysis and surveys, I think we have a very scalable solution that can both measure attention and also emotion. Of course, it's not the same as going to the lab, but that was really in my opinion, the trigger, and we begin to see interest of, you know, both large market research companies, but also in clients who not want to test hundreds or a thousand respondents, but, you know, hundreds of thousands of respondents, right, a year. So I think that's one of the, the triggers here that are super exciting for the future, where the combination of the three companies is really exciting, but here also specifically media analytics and iMotions in combination, because they have a very sharp solution for advertising and it's, it's very broadly into the client segments there where we more deliver into maybe more R&D product development and, and concept development, website testing, like more complex stimuli, so to say, and not only videos. So I think that's why you can say there's a lot of really exciting uh, cross-sell and, and product range combinations here that makes us extremely strong. So you mentioned you know, 2020, and that's interesting uh, because I, I didn't quite make that connection. If I recall correctly, it was in 2020 that you guys started to come together, right? Wasn't it around that time? So, so Martin, was that kind of the, a driver from your perspective, as, as everyone else has said, that, you know, you were seeing the uptake and the need? And Yeah, I, I would say that Peter and I were in conversations already in 20, 2019, actually. So we, we I, I remember the the summer and fall of 2019, we were 
exploring synergies together and, and see that, wow, there's so much that we could do and can do better if we if join forces and become really powerful powerhouse, especially in, in, in the research uh, sector. But then came COVID uh, and we had to take a break in those plans, basically. So in March of 2020, we, we took a break. And then in the fall, I started to have the same type of conversation with Rana. But it was funny, I couldn't tell any one of them about the other because uh, we're a stock-listed company. So that was forbidden. So I had to have these, it was a bit weird to have these two conversations going at the same time. And in, in the end, we were uh, joined forces with uh, Affectiva first and uh, iMotions second. It was in the summer and the fall last year, as soon as it could be done after COVID. All right, let's step back for a minute. Let's talk about, for, for folks who aren't familiar, the terminology we're using of, of human behavioral biometrics. And you know, rather than my kind of convoluted explanation, how would you define that? Who wants to tackle that? I think Peter should. <laughs> All right, Peter. <laughs> you're I mean, also think you know it's. I think you know human behavior is one thing, right? It's it's all that happens, you know, when we want to observe a human being, right? Human uh, human interaction, also human machine interaction, and so on. And I think maybe sometimes things are a bit mixed together here, right? So what we work with is biometric research, right? So it's like biometrics, you use sensors to measure something on the body, right? For example, the heart rate sensor, the EG sensor, and so on. So that's kind of where the biometrics come from, right? But really what we measure with that is the human behavior, right? So I think that's that's how we can uh, best explain it. And then, of course, all of these sensors, we have eye tracking, right, that Martin has built on for 22, 23 years, a main sensor to observe, you know, for example, attention, right? That's what you get out of that, uh, measuring in the eyes. But you also actually can measure emotions through the, the eye based on pupil dilations, for example. You have a lot of different blinks and so on. So there's a lot of behavioral metrics also out of the eye tracker. But what most people use it for is attention, right? And then you can mention the facial expression analysis that Rana has built for a lot of years, right? That's also based on a web camera. It's basically the sensor, right? And then you have all the cues in the face and some of them you can control and some of them you cannot control, right? And maybe Rana, you can elaborate a bit more on, on that side of it. And then I can come back to EG afterwards if you want to hear a little about that. These are all components of what we are calling human insight AI. So it's the idea of applying data, sensors, machine learning, computer vision to understand everything that's going on with one or more people, right? And that's everything from your cognitive states, your attention, your emotional states, your activities, the context you're in. We're trying to capture all of that information and make it available in real time to drive a robot or a vehicle or you know, an interface or offline in an analytics perspective to draw novel insights around a human experience. So all of that, you know, and, and a category, a subcategory of that is emotion AI or artificial emotional intelligence, which is where I spent the last 20 years. But the broader umbrella is what we're calling human insight AI. And then, then just a quick side note is that we work primarily on the research side where we only observe humans. We don't, you know, there's no AI and what iMotions provide. We provide raw data. Um, and of some, you know, you can say already published metrics, right? Where there's no AI on top because we want to make the researchers, you know, build the AI on top of it. So just a little side note. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about the AI piece because this is, you know, when we have stories of, uh, of Google AI potentially being sentient, which, you know, may or may not be true, that 
the concept of machines that understand humans and may potentially feel is kind of an odd one, right? Now we can think of it from a pragmatic perspective that and see the benefits, obviously. Uh, I mean, Ron, I think some of the work that you've done with automotive was, oh, hey, use uh, use facial coding. No, your driver is pissed off. Maybe you need to not be driving, right? <laughs> and, or whatever the case may be. And, and so we see those pragmatic benefits, but how do we deal with those bigger questions that I think we as a society must deal with in this era of understanding smarter and smarter technology that begins to to anticipate human behavior and potentially even mimic it to an extent. It's kind of a weird thing for us to uh, to think about, but you're right in the middle of that, right? The technologies that you guys have been building play a role in that. So that may sound a little out there, but I think it's it's a real thing. So how do you tackle those challenges when you're trying to sell through your solutions? Because I'm betting you have clients who say, well, I don't know if I like that or not. <laughs> you know, wait a minute. You know, that feels a little scary. Yeah, Lena, such a such a great uh, question. And, and I think it has to do with the ethics of what we're doing. And do we want to help big organizations or governments or whatever to spy on individuals or not? Uh, and, and how do we make sure that our, our technology, which is, it is, a, I mean, it is an amazing and groundbreaking technology of, of using technology and machines to understand people better. Basically, we see, we see that we have this choice when we are sort of applying our technology in some sort of vertical or some sort of application or, or in a user store or whatever. I mean, we have the ability to ask ourselves, I mean, is, is this for the good of mankind or not? And I feel that uh, Peter and, and Rana and, and myself, we, we share this uh, very strong ethos of, of doing this for helping people and, and so on. And then and you have to ask yourself, of course, when, when the computer overlords, Skynet kind of technology takes over, maybe we just have to be happy if we can help the machines to be uh, more sensitive towards us. I don't know, but we'll see. <laughs> Okay, so so you have an internal Ten Commandments, if you will, that helps guide you know the uh, the three laws of behavioral technology. <laughs> okay, uh, Rana, go ahead. As you know, Lenny, I've I've been and I continue to be a huge advocate for the ethical development and deployment of this technology because I can see ways in which it can be hugely impactful. You know, a lot of the work, emotions, and and affectiva kind of our exploring is around mental health and how our technology can provide facial and, you know, other biomarkers for mental health disease. And that's very important to us as a company. But at the same time, it doesn't take much for you to imagine how this can be used to discriminate against people or profile people. And so we are huge advocates for privacy. We never, never engage with clients or customers that are not going to disclose that this data is being collected. So that's very important to us. We try to really think through the ethical development of all of this. For example, data and algorithmic bias. Like how do you avoid, how do you be thoughtful and intentional about the data you're collecting and make sure that bias isn't creeping into the system? And then you deploy it at scale. And before you know it, you've kind of exponentially repeated biases that exist in society. So we're sticklers for that. I remember some of the early conversations I had with Martin 
I mean, we talked every day for about six months and a lot of it was around, okay, are we aligned around core values when it comes to where do we use this technology and how do we develop it with ethics in mind? And we're absolutely aligned. And I, I just love that. It was very important to me. And yeah, to add, I think we discussed that in the other podcast as well. I mean, that, that I have a bit more, I would say, easy job because when you do research, we you invite people in, right? I mean, so if we work on diagnosis of Alzheimer's or Parkinson, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that it makes a difference for people. And or if it's a more like market research study or something like that, people get paid to be part of it, right? And it's very clear what we are doing with the data. So in that respect, you know, the research arm of this company is, has a bit easier, you know, way to explain that to the people. And, and, and we can very easily choose to use it in a good way. But that's why I'm very happy to do this with Rana and Martin, because I have big beliefs in their, also in their, their good hearts, right? Because it is, of course, also a little scary, you know, if this kind of data is used in the wrong way. But I think, you know, seen from a smart eye perspective and driving monitoring, I mean, we save a lot of lives, right, every day already. So it's, it's really exciting to be able to use it to uh, prevent accidents, right, or save infants in the car, right? I think around 50 babies die every year of being forgotten in the backseat, right? And with the new interior sensing uh, technologies we have, this is something we do. So in, so in that respect, I feel that we want to try to prioritize as a company when we see so many opportunities technology-wise in this field. I think we all three really want to uh, focus on the ones that can make a positive change uh, for mankind. And that's really, really unique. I think that we, we are agreeing on that and it's driving our companies in those directions. I don't know if you can elaborate on that, Rana. You, you're the you're the AI ex- expert here, but but I think you answered the question very well as well from your side. Yeah, I think this alignment is just so important, and it's uh, I th- I think also as market leaders, we kind of raise the bar for the industry, right? Like we kind of set the bar for what what clients should expect. You know how we talk about this technology and not overpromise. I think that's super important to be transparent about how the technology works. I think all of these things are super important and I'm, I'm just very grateful that I get to partner with Martin and Peter and we're all aligned. That's where I was going to go next was thinking about more of the mechanics of, you know, bringing together three companies. And so often it's just kind of this kludgy financial arrangement, right? We'll see what happens with Nielsen and GFK, right? With the <laughs> that recent deal, like, well, yeah. uh, I can see it, but I'm not sure that I really see it. Uh, so <laughs> So it, it's really cool to hear that in this situation, that you t- it sounds like you took a lot of time to ensure that there was alignment in terms of values and vision and you know those fundamentals. And, and dare I say, even that you became friends before you decided to get married and, <laughs> and raise a family, right? So I, I hear that clearly. Were there any other challenges along that road that you've had to deal with outside of just the logistical stuff of, you know, combining operations that you thought, oh, wow, I never thought about this as as something that we needed to deal with. Peter, do you want to jump in? So, uh, of course, there's always challenges, right? There's no doubt about that. But I think it starts with this thing in the top, right, that, you know, that we can all say that we want this to happen. And it will take time, obviously, right? It's not like we have solved everything at this point. Also with, you know, American culture versus Swedish consensus management. And then I think and hope we in IMOS is Danish. So we are, and we were like kind of half in the States and half in Denmark. So 
we are maybe a little bit in the middle of of that. So I think it brings some good discussion, and and you know I think we can use it and and in a constructive way, so to say. But what we did was, you know, on the automotive side, Effectiva and SmartEye is being integrated into one. And then we, we kept the research arms kind of separate. And we each company had a research arm, right? And, and I think that's pretty exciting to talk about. So as you probably know, we, we have a very broad platform that helps a lot of different, basically the whole value chain, if you take a fast-moving consumer good company from, you know, research and development, fragrance, you know, how should it look and feel and so on. Um, and then up until product development into the advertising phase and so on and so on, like all the way out to when the product is standing on the shelf, right? But I think um, what is really exciting here is that what they build in, in media analytics that Rana talked about, it's like a very, very laser-focused place where they have all the largest advertisers in the world, right, that is using that technology. And I think that's a great you know, entrance into the market also for us to spread into the to the other parts of the industry. And then I think what we do as a difference now is to change people from doing post-testing, you know, like you test stuff after it's finished, basically, over to more pre-testing, right? And that's where these faster methods become extremely important, right? So that's the two research units. Then the third one is research instruments that is working with super hardcore, uh, like up to eight camera in, in an eye tracking system, right? That with free head movement box, if you imagine a submarine or something like that, you can do usability of, of, of uh, the whole dashboard in a, in a large submarine, for example, right? Without wearing anything, but you still do extremely precise eye tracking that can be stitched together. So I think now we have from the most advanced hardcore stuff you can get with clients like NASA and stuff like that, over the more, the full value chain of most companies, right? And all the different departments and sections over to the fast and, and scalable testing that, that Effectiva has built. Where iMotions was lacking, so to say, we had this more heavy lab-based software, right? And there, they are definitely uh, way ahead than where we are, right? And then we are trying to follow up with the other sections also having an online product, where I think that we also in combination are yeah, way ahead of anything else out there. But yeah, so that was just quickly about the three different units that we had within research, right? And obviously, there's a lot of synergies there. So that's, yeah, that's super exciting to look at. But I don't know that much about the automotive, Rana. So maybe you could talk a bit about, you know, what you guys have been facing there and, and, and all the new exciting stuff we're doing there. What we did do with on the automotive side is literally we integrated the two teams together, right? So now you have cross-cultural, cross-geographically dispersed teams working together to build interior sensing, which is kind of the next evolution of driver monitoring systems. Um, so that's very exciting. And, and you know what's so interesting? We started talking about 18 months ago, and it was just a hypothesis. We were like, yeah, we think interior sensing is going to be the next thing. And we're now bidding for this business. So our hypothesis turned out to be true, which is really interesting. I would say the biggest challenge, because we're aligned at the core values, we're aligned in terms of how we get stuff done. The cultural piece is one that I totally underestimated. The difference between the American culture and the Swedish culture, that's a thing. Like <laughs> the Swedish consensus culture that Peter referenced is, is very interesting. Like Martin will say, yeah, like, let's talk to this person and this person and get their input. I'm like, really? Let's get everybody in a room. Let's fight it out and make a decision. And <laughs> he's like, you Americans are so impatient. So um, so that's been fun to navigate and, and actually ties to all the conversation we're having, right? Like all of this non-conscious, subconscious 
nonverbal communication is really, you know, it's at a, at a lot of, at the heart of how we connect and communicate with one another at work or at home, right? So you've brought together this powerhouse, you've created this super group. The time is right for the application of these technologies from a societal infrastructure perspective. You're seeing more and more opportunities to have more use cases. What are you guys excited about for you know, the next cool thing. What are you waiting on to say now when this happens, now that's going to be awesome because we can do some really, really interesting stuff. Is that is that the metaverse? What does that look like? First of all, I don't think we sit down and wait. We take action and, and move in the forefront, you know? So uh, we don't go in the footsteps of anyone. That's probably the philosophy of all three of us. But uh, yeah, well, side, uh, <laughs> joke aside, but anyway, we try to be in the forefront, right? But I don't know if you have something there, Rana, to throw in. I'm not a, I don't know much about metaverse and all this kind of stuff. I work with like a good old research, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, maybe you have some more perspective there. Yeah, I believe the future of AI and just technology is multimodal. So bringing together these disparate sensors and the data these sensors generate to understand our world. And this is really what, kind of this trinity of, of companies, smart eye, emotions, and affectiva have come together to do. And I'm excited to see where we can take this in the insights industry, in the automotive industry, and beyond. One of the areas I'm really kind of passionate about is the application of this technology to health and mental health. I think there's so much we can do there. And yeah, excited to see where our technology can help. Yeah. And I think to follow up on, on Rana's comment there, I think we are super excited about the, the new mobile platform. So we talked a little bit about the online platform that can scale. But then the next thing that we have worked on for the last five years, actually, is the mobile platform, right? So this is the future lab, right? It's your phone with then different sensors. And if you imagine, for example, if you have a Parkinson patient or something like that, that can be actually tested inside their home. You know, and that's what we also share, all of us. We really like to look into the healthcare space uh, and, and have a personal interest in it, all of us, right? But I think that that mobile platform is super, super exciting, where we could do more longitudinal studies, where we can, for example, trigger surveys based on a sensor. If you have a high heart rate, say, hey, how are you feeling? Have you eaten today? And stuff like that. So there's tons of application areas there in, in, in research we can do, but potentially also scale it out into to other markets and, and into healthcare products. Yeah. And just uh, adding to what Peter said, I mean, there are so many interesting to say the least healthcare uh, applications where we think that uh, diagnosis and, and monitor patient monitoring uh, where we can bring a lot to the table also mental health is a very interesting subject it's something which has really grown during the last two pandemic years and there's so much that needs to be done there uh, and we think that we've only scratched the surface to begin to understand how the physiological signals that we measure can be uh, tied to, to that. So that's super interesting. And it, that actually goes into cars. So in the car projects that we are uh, starting to develop right now, we are looking at uh, driver health as a very important metric as well. Very cool. So tell us where our listeners can find you individually and as a company and any parting last thoughts you want to get in. So Martin, why don't we start with you? So, no, we can be found on, online, of course, on, on, on LinkedIn or some any social media or, or, or on our web pages, uh, either iMotions or Affective or Smart Eye. Anyone works fine. I will be going to, is it 
out of sense, Rana, in September. Yes. I think it's out of sense in Belgium, the big sensor conference there. And of course, we're always trying to make a big show at CES. So if someone goes to CES, we, we can be met there in, uh, beginning of January. Where else, Peter and Rana? On social media, like find us on social media and call to action if somebody wants to collaborate or try our technology, definitely reach out. Okay, Peter? Yeah, and, and, and also very importantly, we're hiring a lot of people, right? So we need uh, great engineers. So if somebody out there wants to work with the coolest stuff, uh, I think we're probably the company that has the biggest option of, of all kinds of hardware and, and software engineering and AI. And uh, so, um, yeah, so if somebody's sitting out there, want to work with uh, 350 awesome colleagues, then come and join us. 350 and growing. And a human behavior specialist is always an interesting category to hire. Okay. Good to know. And I assume that you guys are going to be at IEX Behavior in Chicago. So in any of our listeners, if uh, this topic has piqued your interest and you want to learn more, then we certainly encourage you to join us in Chicago September 13th and 14th. Uh, that, that is focused on behavioral science and how it impacts choice and decision making. So I want to thank you guys for taking the time. I know we, we've worked on this for a few months. Uh, Lexi, who is uh, listening in the background, she brought this idea, and it took us a little while to pull it off, but I'm glad that we did. Thank you to our producer, Karen Lynch, to our editor, James Carlisle, to the entire Green Book team, and most of all, to you, our listeners, because without you, we would just be kind of having cool conversations with ourselves, but it's, uh, it's much more interesting to share it with you all. So I'm Lenny Murphy. Thank you for joining us. Everybody have a great day. Bye-bye. Join Greenbook for the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange. This global conference series, also known as IIEX, is where connections are made, inspiration is found, and innovative solutions are discovered. With more than 90% of attendees using IIEX Insights to shape strategic business decisions, the return on investment is undeniable. Whether you're in Asia-Pacific, North America, Europe, or Latin America, IIEX is your gateway to the latest market research best practices, tech innovation, and strategies for transforming insights into action. Nurture your career and business with insights from across the globe. And here's a bonus. Use the special code PODCAST to save 20% on general admission for all IIEX events. Visit greenbook.org events today to learn more and register. See you there.